0: Hi, and welcome to The Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And this week we'll be continuing our discussion of the, uh, let's call it, ongoing ethics problems (laughs) uh, uh, at the Supreme Court.
1: (laughs) To put it absolutely mildly, but you know... Matt, this is what happens when you set up basically like the Matrix uh, human harvesting model, but for right wing ghouls to become, you know, members of the judiciary, which is what the Federalist Society is.
0: And the the Federalist Society is an organization we've discussed, I think, a couple times before in passing, but we haven't done a truly significant deep dive into. Um, But let's first talk about the news of the day. Uh, So... At uh, 4.30 this morning, uh, 4.30 this morning, yeah, uh, Politico reported on, guess what, another real estate deal um, that this time involving Justice Gorsuch. Yep.
1: And I'm going
0: to be honest, I did not pay Gorsuch as the next one to have a shady real estate deal. <laughs> My money was actually on Kavanaugh. Uh. But I don't don't know what what, what money you would put down.
1: I think Kavanaugh already got his, uh, when he got all of his debts paid. Like, I think that Mm. Kavanaugh was dug out of things, and I think the rest of them are enriching themselves.
0: Okay. (laughs) Kavanaugh's just just getting out of the hole, but the rest of them are actually, you know, making a nest.
1: Yeah, and I think that he was in a much, like, he strikes me as a guy who would have gambling debt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he strikes me as somebody who... Uh, yeah, is like into something that is legal on the surface, but he's in so, so, so way too deep, you know?
0: He probably also, Kavanaugh also strikes me as the guy who like will make a joke about how he and his buddies have a, a joke uh, about he and his buddies have an elaborate plan of what to do if they had wound up with a dead hooker. Um, yeah,
1: yes. Oh, 100%. These are people who make a joke about like, oh, this is a good place to hide a body and they make it one too many times yeah. and you're like oh no you have a document you have a google doc
0: oh no <laughs> I was going to say yeah and his his plan he goes starts going into it unprompted uh and it's just a little bit too thoroughly researched
1: yeah like all the time he just like makes you know like we've all had a person the my the reason that my favorite character on uh the office is andy Um, is because I went to school with like 40 of them um, and you know Andy barely fucking holding it together despite like a you know a shiny polished marble front of of like you know golden child favored son or whatever and then like goes on um, American Idol and then just publicly melts down that feels like half of the men I went to college to high school with you know
0: and it, it, it appears to be a substantial percentage of the men just generally in the United States at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, like white dudes. You're not yeah. doing great. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it turns out um, being coddled is like bad for you in the long term.
0: <laughs> uh, and I, I have to remind you that, you know, Gorsuch's mother was a judge. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a guy who had been groomed from basically birth. For the position uh, to which he has now ascended and he should have, I'm going to be honest, this is a situation he should have known fucking better. Like he should have known fucking better. So the details here are that Justice Gorsuch, uh, uh, along with two co-owners of a tract of land that they co-owned in uh, Colorado, they looked for almost two years for a buyer. They lowered the price on this thing twice. Remember, this is like in the middle of a crazy good uh, real estate market in Colorado. So this strongly suggests that the property is overvalued um, because they're looking for like two mil. And for two years, they can't for almost two years, they can't find a buyer. He then gets elevated to the Supreme Court. And nine days later, guess what? No. Ah, They find a buyer. Come on. Nine days later. And the buyer is the chief executive of Greenberg Traurig, which is a large national law firm that, guess what, does a lot of business before the Supreme Court.
1: Great. Great.
0: So then uh, Brian Duffy of Greenberg uh, on April 16th, 2017, goes into contract uh, for the 40 acres and they close a month later and they poi- pay 1.825 million dollars for it. <sighs> Gorsuch has a 20% stake and he on his federal disclosure forms does the f- half of this correct. He discloses that he made between 250 and 500 grand from this sale. But nope, the purchaser, the purchaser is of interest. we always want to know is the conflict of interest. So what does Gorsuch do with the purchaser box?
1: Oh, you tell me. I don't know.
0: <clears throat> it's blank. That's what the oh, dead air is signifying.
1: Got it's it. It's blank. Yeah. Oh, good.
0: Oh, great. Yes. Uh, so you can see how this could be a problem. Um, meanwhile, Greenberg does is involved with at least 22 cases before or presented to the court. There could be more. This includes cases where Greenberg either filed amicus briefs or represented parties. In the 12 cases where Gorsuch uh, recorded his opinion, eight times he sided with Greenberg Troward's clients and four times against. Uh, Yeah. Um, So uh, real quick, back to the Federalist
1: Society, because I hate him so much. Um, But... The Federalist Society is kind of like, you know, back in like the 80s and 90s when um, they would find a really like amazing hacker and then the FBI would invite you to just (laughs) join the FBI. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to think, sorry, I'm flimmy. It's springtime. I used to think that the Federalist Society was sort of that, but for just like, Right wing shit heels, like you know, sort of identifying them early on. But what I now realize, having this conversation with you, Matt, is the people they are identifying as people who have um very, very flexible uh, yes.
0: morals. <laughs> that is, seems to be an ongoing theme. yeah, um that again, the reason I brought up that gorsuch Gorsuch's background and his pedigree is that he was long put forward that he was the normal choice, right, for a Supreme Court justice, right? He has the right background. He seemed he seemed at first to be squeaky clean. Sure, we disagreed with him uh, on judicial philosophy, but he was an upstanding, upright guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, judicial ethics trying to avoid even the appearance of impropriety. I don't even know how many times on this podcast I've said this, but I think, and again, average person on the street, nine days after you get raised to the Supreme Court, suddenly you find a buyer. Of course, uh, the purchaser says he had no idea. He had no idea that... um, uh, Uh, That Gorsuch was one of the owners, but when he found out, he cleared it with his firm's ethics department.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Um, Well, legal ethics has its issues. Basically, like, this doesn't violate any laws, which is probably what they said. Cool. So, but how stupid do they think we are?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's exactly that's exactly how how corruption today feels generally. That feels like the mood of the of the corruption, where it's like, you know, <sighs> okay, I I have to tell you about this, Matt, because okay. it's just like kept me up at night. A long time <laughs> ago, I posted a TikTok about black raspberries, better known as blue raspberries, right? Like they're they're called black raspberries. We got a we got a red red onion, purple onion situation going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I posted about them because because like the kids on TikTok were like, blue raspberry is not a thing. And I was like, yes, it is. Like I grow them in my yard, like I whatever, whatever. And then uh, there is an astonishing amount of comments on that piece of content that is like, no, that's actually a BlackBerry. And I'm like, nope. And then I go through like, okay, so like this is what a raspberry is. Like no Mm -hmm. core. Like this is what makes a raspberry a raspberry. This is how these two things are different. When I say Matt, there was a man. Sorry, of course it was. You know it was a white man. I didn't have to say that. But who was like, "Um, you're wrong. It's blackberries. And I pulled up a picture of it. And then and then he was like, no, you're wrong. He goes, Don't woman splain. Cause I said, like, don't man <laughs> don't 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 mansplain to the woman who bought them out of the catalog. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I bought. And then he said, Don't woman splain to someone just because I know more than you. I had photos. Like I had photos, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and this man goes, keeps just saying, You're well, sorry that you're wrong. This right now, it feels like that is what being stupid that's the mood of stupidity which is like no no i have evidence and it's like yeah yeah right like i'm gonna fall for that yeah. and then corruption is like hey i just saw you just stick your hand in that charity bucket um and just i just saw you take a bunch of bills out and stuff it in your pants and all of us saw you do it no i didn't yeah you know, yeah we, uh, we all saw you like no you can't prove it i'm i'm leaving and you're just like uh, the system was not built for, no, I'm not.
0: <laughs> I, I I think that a better, that even a, a better summation or a broader, uh, theme for the today's episode is kind of like, um, everything's broken, but people are trying to get us to pretend like it's not. Yes. And like, it's like gaslighting as like a way of being, um, <laughs> It's uh it's kind of Russian. Like yeah. my parents went on
1: a like a river tour of Russia just cuz I guess that's what you do when you're retired. And my mom said it's it's there are so many pieces of like large construction equipment that have rusted in place like you can tell they haven't moved in a long time. But like people will tell you about all the new innovative stuff that like they it it does not exist, right? But like they have to believe in that and it it just feels like that like kind of Soviet flavor of like no it's good actually it's good right now and it's good and it's great
0: i think that like a large rusting piece of construction equipment is like a useful analogy for the supreme court like (laughs) it in theory could be useful for building something but in practice it is not yeah um and we're being asked to pretend as if it's like shiny and new and actually you know, constructing the society we want when in fact it is simply there, taking up space and like, and like by a sheer bulk, crushing all of the dreams we have of a better future.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think since let's just keep piling metaphors on, right? Like, I love this game, mm-hmm. but like, it's like if a bunch of adults learned how to play all of the arcade games in an arcade and just went in there with, you know, a hundred dollars worth of quarters from their full-time motherfucking job. And then just emptied all the tickets and then got the child size rocket scooter and was like, yeah, I'm leaving with this. And you're like, first of all, you are an adult. Secondly, like, I I don't know. It just feels like if, if there's a group of people who have set, out to play the supreme court as a game and and play it as a zero-sum game one Mm -hmm. might argue like the fact that we're in a place where we're just gonna find out more and more of these uh federalist society motherfuckers have had some other thing paid for them by x y or z you know shady personality and what this is one of those things that like we don't like no one has ever thought that like Oh, but what if like a third of the justices are fully just like bought like a Christmas package?
0: Yeah, so let's. I want to reel back. I want to reel back to Abe Fortas. Um, so Abe Fortas, uh, famously, resigned from the Supreme Court, um, for uh, twenty grand, basically, right. Wow. Um, It was the equivalent of $148,000 in today's dollars. So basically in Jan in 1966, um, he received a retainer from the family foundation of Lewis Wolfson, who is a friend and former client of Fortis's before. And it was to pay 20 grand a year for the rest of Fortis's life and then pay his widow uh, after if she, uh, if she survived him and, and to avoid apparent impropriety, Fortas then returned the money and received no further payments. Okay. want to note that he returned the money. But this then called led to calls for Fortas to be impeached. and then Richard Nixon of all people ordered an investigation of Fortas <laughs> um, which may or may not have been legal. Um, but Chief Justice Warren, then to avoid embarrassment to the court, urged Fortas to resign. Um, and then, uh, well, then Fortas resigned. Not not to sound
1: like my dad, uh, but we used to have shame in society. You know, yeah. it was good to have shame.
0: It was good. And like, if you remember Teapot Dome. Uh, I'm going to go back even farther, okay. <laughs> uh, which was during uh, the uh, which was President Harding 21 to 20, 1921 to 23. Uh, basically, it was a corrupt deal where the secretary of the interior, uh, Albert Bacon Fall, which is an amazing name. Right. Yeah. Leased basically Navy oil reserves at the uh, at Teapot Dome, by the way, which is a great name. Uh, in Wyoming, to private oil companies at low prices without going through competitive bail- uh, bidding. So standard corruption, right? Um, he was clearly bribed. He did not. He did a, did a thing for them, although they never actually charged anyone with doing the bribes because they never actually were able to prove that. They like could just prove he took them, not yeah. who who gave them. So that led to a major scandal that 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 almost took down a presidency. So yes, we used to have shame. Both of these were were generally isolated incidents. They didn't seem to be systemic issues with a particular branch of government more than normal. Yeah. What we appear to have right now is a Supreme Court, incidentally the same Supreme Court that unanimously nine nothing has weakened corruption laws. Brazenly taking payments of, from from people f- who have interest before the court. And then basically declaring themselves above the law.
1: I, you have to respect, right? Like, you have to respect that the same Supreme Court that thinks that, like, women are not capable of, like, separating their responsibility of, you know, like, abortion from birth control, for example. But they're like, no, 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 listen, listen, I'm just going to take a couple of yacht trips. It doesn't mean it's going to influence my thinking. I can keep these things separate, right? Yes.
0: And the the thing that drives me crazy here is that we have, as, like, a human species, have an amazing amount of evidence about the psychological unconscious influence of even small nominal gifts like yep. why do you think pharmaceutical companies give out samples and pens and stuff to doctors
1: yep I, I mean that's actually the reason why i do sampling as well like aside from wanting people to taste the product you want to give people a feeling like they've gotten a little present They've they so this is all part of like some people say, like, it's all wrapped up in game theory or whatever, but, like, there is, um, there is like, some just, like, base human instinct that when someone gives you something, you do feel indebted to them in yeah. some way. You, it, might, it might even take, you know, the, the most um, principled person might take, you know, three or four taps of the hammer to get him to crack instead of, like, you know, Clarence Thomas like, barely swinging it in the general vicinity, you know, to get him to crack. <laughs> But, you know, like we, we all have that thing that will get us to crack. And by the way, like there are four times as many psychopaths in uh, corporate America. And like, you know, psychopaths are not just Ted Bundy. They're also incredibly charming people who know exactly what they need to say to get you in their vampire like thrall, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to use like it's more the analogy of like uh, of like water dripping on stone. Right, that these are not, and you brought up the Federalist Society, and I, I want to note that the Federalist Society is largely present in law schools. That's like their big thing, but they develop, they get you early in law school, and they're well funded. They provide famously they provide Chick Fil A, um, one of their major corporate backers. Um, so if you ever see like Chick Fil A backing up a truck full of uh, uh, uh of sandwiches, it's probably for a Federalist Society. Uh, meeting or event and like they provide you all these goodies they help you get a clerkship they help you get an internship they help you get a job they find you professors who will write you recommendations who will help network you so they grease the skids of your career and then soon enough like most of your friends in the law right also have have good connections to the federalist society and suddenly breaking the orthodoxy doesn't just mean career damage. Yeah, It means losing your friends.
1: It means losing, like, we're talking about a group of people who are already very, very coddled, right? Like, it is losing this machine of coddling that that greases, like, take whatever connection that you think you have in your fraternity or sorority and then multiply it times 100, right? And it's like, these are some people who can, like, actually just, or could have, Sumner Redstone's dead as fuck, right?
0: She yeah. died recently. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, like, not so long ago, you could use your Federalist Society connections to just, like, go hang out with Sumner Redstone. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you could get directly express 100 miles per hour lane connected to some of the wealthiest and most powerful people on Earth. That's exactly how Ben Shapiro got started.
0: Yeah, it's how Brett Kavanaugh got through. Yeah. It's how almost all of them, at this point, who are who the who's who in... um like, conservative uh, legal thought and spaces, um, got, basically how they've made their way through is using this uh, this network, right? Uh, this network. And I, I use it meaning... I don't want to overstate the case, but, like... The guy who turned the Federalist Society into the juggernaut we see now, Leonard Leo, he's probably the most powerful man in America that very few people know, right? He received $1.6 billion to play with from a rich conservative donor through a complicated scheme involving Leonard Leo's new group, uh, Marvel Freedom Trust, uh, his new nonprofit, receiving ownership of a company, and then being able to then receive the windfalls from it. But yeah, it's $1.6 billion to pay for. And one of the ventures that Leonard Leo has proceeded to bankroll is what he calls the Federalist Society for Everything. And this is the goal, is not is to extend this sort of infrastructure beyond just the law, but to make it pervasive in every part of life so that it's a drip, 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 so that life is just easier In every possible way. Yeah. If you just do what the rich people want. Yeah. And soon enough, the smarter you are, the easier it is to justify to yourself.
1: Yep. Yep. It reminds me a lot of the, um, the evangelical group, the family, you know, like, are you familiar?
0: Yeah. Could you, could you uh, clue us in a little bit more about the Uh, family? It's like
1: a, it's like a Christian conservative cult, really. Um, And, The reason that the cult or the cult, the family, (laughs) just just (laughs) kidding, for legal reasons, totally, totally joking about that. Um, Like, these are the same people who believe in um, a kind of Christian patriarchy that's like... um, kind of that like men aren't responsible for their actions thing. It's like the devil tempted me. It's like when God has an important plan for you, um, they believe that like the devil will try to tempt you. Not that you're responsible for any of your actions and like you might do fucked up shit because you want to do fucked up shit and it's your fault. But like, this is kind of the same thought process. Um, every Most people are familiar with Josh Duggar, the Duggar family and the fact that Josh Duggar sexually abused his own sisters. Um, this is the same kind of group of people that says like the reason that he did that is because he's destined for important things and that was the devil trying to knock him off of his righteous path mm-hmm. um, and they believe that if you have God in your heart that your actions don't actually matter so you can do once you've decided that you're saved you get to do whatever you want according to the family it doesn't matter if you rape doesn't matter if you molest kids once you're saved you're saved that's their kind of their thing
0: okay that is man that i think it's pretty obvious what the problems are with that kind of uh <laughs> worldview um i remember once i had a a friend tell me that i was going to hell because i didn't hadn't accept jesus as my lord and savior and i asked her just flat out like so you're saying like a freaking like murderer or rapist who at the last minute accepted jesus into their life into their heart would go to heaven but i despite living a good life would go to hell. And she said, yes. I'm like, we're not friends anymore. Easy. Like easy peasy. Because mm, you, the obvious problems with that worldview, I think uh, are clear. And like, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, when, um, uh, fuck attorney general, Bill Barr was asked about his legacy (laughs) and he said, everyone dies
1: amazing yeah amazing the absolute i give up it doesn't matter nothing matters of that is just incredible
0: (laughs) and i i I think about this the sort of nihilism going on right now by the way the uh the organization that leonard leo's uh pushing forward now is called tenio t-e-n-e-o he's given uh three million to them recently and it's looking to transform it into a federalist society for all things And they're aiming specifically at um, uh, Hollywood, Silicon Valley, New York investment banks and academia. Uh,
1: Can we like, I'm sorry. I don't, I just, you know, this is going to be a short episode anyway. So I think like, it's, you know, a good time to just inject some bitching, but like, (laughs) these people are afraid of 15 minute cities. Like the degree to which these people are number one, I know we keep saying it, but like not connected to reality, but like, uh, Jordan on, um, uh, knowledge fight was talking about like, we should flip out the way they flip out, right? Like a 15 minute city. If you don't know what that is, that is a, a, it's a climate, uh, activism kind of thing. It's just a good idea. Like it's just called good city planning. It's that you could get to a school, a grocery store, a hospital, all essential services within a 15 minute walk or a 10 minute bike ride, right? Like yeah. just good city planning, infrastructure, making sure that you don't have to drive 40 minutes to go see your fucking dentist or whatever, right? They're afraid of it, right? They call it a they call it a, a Marxist plot to, like, take over the world. <laughs> like, this is really? what I'm saying. Yes, 100%. There are conservatives wow. who are... I just saw one organically pop up on TikTok that was like, I'm sitting here in the driveway waiting for something for 40 minutes because I refuse to live in a 15-minute city. It's like, I refuse to be convenienced. Congratulations, I guess.
0: I don't. That is that's weird. That is a strange case of like, you like this, so I'm going to hit myself in the dick.
1: Yes. Yes. It is very much like, I mean, you know, I'm out of thoughts. That's it. That's all the thoughts I have.
0: Uh, So the reason you and I focus on the Supreme Court a lot, I think, is that it is so crucial to things like city planning. Let's let's use that. Let's say that you, that you know some so, some of uh, those progressive, you know, city planners and there are many, uh get finally get the support to actually do that, right? And then yeah. some conservative groups bring some bullshit claims to try to stop it using zoning laws or what what have you, right? The Supreme Court could stop this in its tracks. They yep. could stop everything in its tracks just on a whim. And this is the essential goal of things like the Federalist Society and Tenio, and, and it's to capture people. So you're not actually convincing the Neil Gorsuches and the and the Clarence Thomases of the world to do something they don't believe in. They believe in it because they are rewarded for believing yeah. it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I, I'm like it is conditioning, and so it's a kind of corruption that is so like pervasive. Right. And this is what drives me crazy. That it's almost like, it's like what fish in water. Right. <laughs> and like it changes society so that people don't freak out. They just go, Oh, that's just the way it works. Or they claim yeah. that's the way it's always been. I'm like, no. Like when Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon of all fucking people, Found out he did want to replace Fortas with a more conservative justice, but he was just like, "Now we can." There is enough here for us to pressure him to resign. And meanwhile, you know, Biden would love for Thomas and Gorsuch to resign, and I think he's right that the Republican Party would just be like, "No, that's just that's just how the system works." And I'm going to be honest, like it as someone embedded in, 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 legal systems and in, in the culture, the fact that it's just sort of like, huh, hey, what can you do <clears throat> is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking because it means that these outsized rewards, like it was also reported that Neil Gorsuch's cousin, uh, along with, uh, was part of a three person, um, bought, uh, 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 bought some property at the base of Aspen, which is a big skiing area for $10 million. And then a year later, flipped it for $78 million-ish to a Russian oligarch.
1: Incredible. Right?
0: Yeah. More than 7x return. We're talking over $60 million of of just pure profit. They didn't develop the land just a year. They just sat on it for a year and suddenly it's worth seven times more to an oligarch. Just uh, By the way, I brought up to to someone that, you know, real estate is historically used for um, all sorts of money laundering and corruption because of the uh, opaqueness of transactions and the difficulty of valuing properties, blah, 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 and they acted in outrage. (laughs) Ah, you're calling everyone in real estate corrupt? I'm like, no, I'm just saying that corrupt people tend toward real estate because of this exact reason.
1: Yeah, like, I was going to say, like, have you ever heard any... um of the interviews with either of the elder Hadid parents. Uh, no, I parents have not. Of, yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, Gigi and Bella. Um, they're fucking psychopaths. Like, they're both fucking psychopaths. So they're L.A. If you don't know, um, he's a L.A. real estate scion. And uh, his, their mom, the mother, is so fucking nuts. She, like, openly talks about and, like, laughs about starving their daughters. Like openly 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 is just like yeah like like any mom would starve their daughters and like get them a nose job like who wouldn't do that like like the kind of mom like i think there's i think that that there's uh like hollywood moms right and then there's modeling moms which managed to be worse than just hollywood moms
0: (laughs) i'm surprised they haven't made a show out of that as like a uh, add-on to dance moms right
1: i i i Wait, wait for fall, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe it would just, maybe they they shot it and they decided even that was too dark. (laughs) They're just like.
1: (laughs) Matt, Matt, I need you to understand on 30 rock, like 10 years ago, they made a long running joke about a TV show, a fake TV reality show called MILF Island. They are literally playing. uh a real on-TV version of a long-running joke from one of my favorite comedy shows that was a joke because wouldn't it be so crazy if they actually did this? TV's so weird.
0: Yeah. The creepiest part of the actual Milf Island show is that the men involved are their children. Yep. Which...
1: They, they, They manage... Like, imagine that, right? Like, they probably pitched that at first as the joke about Milf Island, and Tina Fey was like, God, Jesus Christ, guys! Like, can it? Can we just stick with MILF Island?
0: <laughs> and now it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I feel like that all the time. That the things that I mean, William Gibson, you know, cyberpunk author, famous uh, for coming up with the term uh, cyberspace, things like that. Um, was asked once, you know, what it was like uh, having been so influential in culture and he just said oh he said something along the lines of it's terrible i don't want to live in one of my novels (laughs) um but i think i mean my fear is my my biggest fear is that the left seems like still like curiously Curiously uninterested in the kind of organizing and organization that the Leonard Leos of the world are able to muster. I I know that it's harder when you're representing a much more diverse set of interests, that Leonard Leo is representing the interests of a very specific set of plutocrats. But they've at least created a system to help people through, while we just on the left just sort of assume that we just throw all of our people... (laughs) into the market and shit will happen and it will be good, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: you know? And like, like if you don't have much, like if you don't have the money to like take that prestigious intern, unpaid internship with like the ACLU or whatever, then you just don't. Yep. But we lose talent that way. I'm like, what, where is the organization that like gets you the summer funding or the housing or whatever it is? So that you can make your way through that. And suddenly you, you, you know, where's the person who, where's the person who helps you through um, the, like the clerkship process day one, getting you in touch with, uh, with judges who, who would agree with your politics? And the answer there isn't one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, they exist out there, right? Like they're too busy with the fucking cause, man like when you when you work on the death Star and all you have to worry about is like maintaining the function of the death star, whereas like you know, otherwise you're just like existing as part of this like widespread empire, right? and it's like you know every it's it's i just we we you and I have this ongoing conversations about about toxic nonprofit syndrome. And I am dealing presently dealing with a totally separate and completely different nonprofit that is suffering from toxic nonprofit mm. syndrome. Um, which is funny. Cause like in Indiana, um, a lot of our state agencies function as in the same sort of structure as a nonprofit, but are very, very effective. Ironically, you know, yeah. like very small group of people, but like well-funded and everybody's job, like responsibilities are pretty well lined out, mm-hmm. but like, what kills me about being on the side of not evil is that um, evils had like a really good run for the last forty years. So all of us are very busy cleaning up like everything that the F five evil tornado just like threw all over the fucking place um, during my lifetime, and a lot of it was, um, you know, we're, we're we're we have we're in this era of people feeling this awesome sense of powerlessness and by that i mean like awe-inspiring like a uh, a lot of the stuff citizens united was a decision that came down when i was i believe a junior or senior in college and um to me citizens united is one of those things that's like we want to know why most things are shit like that's a big reason why so many things are shit um But I remember in that class, the people, the kids who are politically involved, which were like (laughs) overwhelmingly the nerdy minority, like trying to explain why this was such a big deal. Like, well, like what, what about it? Like what definitions it changed that made it such a big deal? And about a third of the way through, I just remember like, I mean, not to stereotype, but like the jocks, sorry. Like, (laughs) we're just like, okay. It was just like, yuck, 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 yuck. Like, you're using a bunch of boring words, and I hate it, and you're trying to get me to care about government, and I really fucking hate that. And it's like, this is, this is, the Supreme Court is like our um, Goliath, and you and I are the David doing this podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, we really have to, if we just, one rock in the eye socket, I'm telling you, you know?
0: And I'm just going to, this is going to go out to the, are obviously most uh, loyal listeners, liberal billionaires. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, if there are, I mean, I'm just going to say, like, come on, people. Like, get your fucking shit together. Stop doing, like, the Howard Schultz thing and, like, do vanity campaigns or, like, Bloomberg and do vanity campaigns for president that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Stop that shit. Build, like, I give Bloomberg credit for his Uh, anti his pro gun control stuff fine there's a lot more that he could do stop running the vanity campaigns start find the person out there who can be the you know the progressive leonard leo or a bunch of them and like build an infrastructure 1.6 billion dollars is a fuck ton of money but we have more of it if we actually used it um to build an entire generation yeah. of people who can who can make a difference so that instead and I have law students tell me they have to go to they go to the Federalist Society for help with their clerkship applications or people who can't afford to pay their lost their their law school debt so they have to go work for a corporate law firm yep you know that like there a lot of people aren't doing evil because they want to it's because yep. we've made it so they can't pay their bills if they do the right thing so like yep. come on like, <laughs> Come, Come on. on. <laughs> Come on. Like, you got the money. I know you do. Or, I know you do. I,
1: not, a, this is not an or, and this is an and, but I read a news story that, like, made me want to Mia Ham style tear my shirt in half. <laughs> and it was a church in North Carolina that bought $1.3 million worth of medical debt, their entire congregation's medical debt for $15,000. Yep. Like, If you, you know, if we're we're moving tons of money around, right? Like that is is such an infinitesimally small amount of money when it comes to fundraising Mm -hmm. on that scale of people, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are, um, you and I also have this conversation all the time. Instead of, like you said, instead of vanity campaigns, there's someone out there who's probably doing the thing that you think is a big problem. And you're like, oh, I should do, no, someone's already working on it. You need to find them. You need to ask them what they need. You need to get on their team. Yeah.
0: And uh, maybe care less about clout. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to say, like, we don't need Kendall Jenner being on fucking Pepsi commercials trying to tell <laughs> us how to destroy racism. Like, we need, you know, Kendall Jenner out there properly resourcing and bringing, uh, uh, bringing attention to all the wonderful activists yeah. out there already doing that work. And, like, we're going to keep getting shitty results we're (laughs) gonna keep getting corrupt asshats yeah if a we make it hard for the good people to actually rise and b if we just shrug our shoulders and go oh that's all right like we should be pissed and fuming and trying and subpoenaing uh we should i mean how i mean senate judiciary should be subpoenaing both clarence thomas and neil gorsuch of course, we can't issue subpoenas in the ju- in the Senate judiciary because Dianne Feinstein is still fucking not there and g- coming up the works. But I'm like, there are tools if we pick them up. Yep. You know, if we are creative enough and brave enough and we give a shit enough to like actually go and try to do the thing, and it's going to yeah. be inconvenient and messy and sometimes we're going to fail and it's going to cost money. But like, we can... We can do it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this way. Like it doesn't.
1: Also, can we just like, let's all just put a, put a big praise hand in the air. I had a meeting at a church this morning and I'll, I'll tell you I made a point to have a big old dump in that church. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm going to put a praise hand up for harm reduction because we've lost our way in this solved and not solved thing. Right. Like, I love harm reduction models. I love that we are, We. it would be great to get everybody in Indianapolis, Indiana off of heroin. That would be okay. great if we could get everybody to stop doing IV drugs. Awesome. 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 That is unreasonable. What we can do instead is make sure that people, when they inject IV drugs, they have clean needles and a safe place to inject it so that when they say, I'm just tired of this, I'm done. I'm tired of this. There's a resource right there when they can say, I don't want to do this anymore and they can help them get them out.
0: And there's still a person left to help.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like there's still, there's still, I, I grew up with this attitude with my Republican parents and it always drove me crazy. Like if anything drives me crazy about conservative America, it is this feeling of like, everything's too broken. We might as well give up, which is like a big through line in from, russia all the way to the united states like truly when when, when i hear like right wing or like red state americans talk about like feeling a kinship with russians i i think that's what it actually is mm. i think it's that feeling of recognition of like hopelessness
0: so that that leads us into we should talk at another point and this is programming note that <laughs> i'm just going to take a little bit of so this is one of my obsessions is with um uh the death of democracies. And I think that's a good place we should, we'll talk about Timothy Snyder uh, a little bit because he has an excellent discourse and discussion about concepts of time that I think will be (laughs) very helpful there. But I think we can both agree, fuck Neil Gorsuch, fuck Clarence Thomas. They should be investigated. We need actual ethics rules for Supreme Court justices. People are like, well, why don't you investigate Sonia Sonia Sotomayor? I'm like, look at her finances, please! (laughs) If if I have to have this conversation, excuse
1: me, with another fucking conservative who's like, well, fine. Then we'll investigate this obvious corrupt person on the left. And I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Yes." If they have done financial crimes, (laughs) put them in jail. Like, well, then we'll just then we'll finally investigate Bill Clinton like yes very good i am team that
0: if you have chargeable crimes go for it like <laughs> i am very much i this is not a partisan thing for me i just no. want the assholes out i don't care whose team they're on i just want them gone so that like the rest of us like the good people of the world can like try to get to the real honest work and of so try to uh, fix shit
1: yeah, I was gonna say, um, with respect to Diane Feinstein and Joe Biden and every other person who has probably pretty accurately been accused of being too old and senile, like we need to start doing cognitive tests. We need to set a mandatory. I'm dead serious. Like we need to set a mandatory cognitive test age. Like Diane Feinstein should not should not have been in the Senate two cycles ago. You know what I mean? Like
0: technically, that's what voters are for. But
1: <laughs> I, I, but you know, like like part of that too, though, is like. God damn! How long has Diane Feinstein been in politics? Since the late '60s in California, or since Gosh. since the '70s for sure. She was mayor of San Francisco, and yeah. I don't even
0: and remember. And she, and I have to say, she this does not take anything away from her career. No, oh, I'm no. simple. Yeah,
1: I I don't want to say like ah she's too old, but it's just like she is get, too old. She is too old, but like people are people right and like they like seeing a familiar face right like they like seeing a familiar face and feeling like it's somebody they can trust and like diane feinstein was there and was part of the harvey milk announcement like you know she has shepherded her um constituents through some unbelievably difficult and emotional and scary times and what i wish was more normal is that we had like we do I wish we had this for all older people right like I wish it was more accepted for you to retire and then move into advisory roles yeah. right like
0: well in the judiciary there are those they're senior roles mm. and you do you you occasionally still j- do judge shit but mostly you're there for a lot of the ceremonial things advisory stuff um, you can serve as and oftentimes you still keep your offices yeah. right that all of the former justices retired justices still have chambers they still do yeah and like I agree uh, th- again this 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 goes to a, another conversation but what we're talking about here is uh success uh succession planning yeah and what Diane Feinstein's mistake was not she was right she, they need someone they can trust the mistake was thinking that she had to be that person yep she could have found a protege And groomed them for the position and then said to voters, this is someone I trust. I know you trust me. This is someone I trust who can take my place and will serve your interests with the same care and vigor that I have. And I'm turning it over to them. This is why my favorite anime ever, (laughs) animes ever, generally involve this. Actually. <laughs> like if you watch I don't Naruto is not involved in this my favorite list, but what makes Naruto and Boruto and all of those interesting is they are about turning over of generations. Yeah. And uh and then if you look at like My Hero Academia, another anime, again, greatest superhero ever, All Might, how does he find a successor? Because he's hurt and he's diminished, he can't do it anymore. And what happens in a society when they don't have those people that they can trust. Like, how do you uh, build that next generation? How do you turn it, turn over the responsibility and the hope for the future? And what I find in people like Diane Feinstein right now is that she just didn't trust anyone else. Yep. And no offense to RBG, she did the same thing.
1: Took the words right out of my mouth. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. We, we have, um, you know, the, the only downside to being you know, coexisting with, um, figureheads of any movement, right. Is like on some level when they're around to, to say, you know, we need you to move out of the active role and into an advisory role. We need someone to come in your place kind of feels like a betrayal in some level. You know what I mean? Like, um, but you know, like back when Gloria Steinem said that women were going for the Bernie movement, cause that's where the boys are. Uh I didn't abandon Bernie. I got some hurt in my heart about Gloria Steinem saying <laughs> that shit. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Uh there are just I wish that we could let people go before they start shooting in their own beds. How about that?
0: This is one place where, you know, you know how much I love sports. This is <laughs> one place where sports becomes very useful there's a saying not most teams don't follow this, but it's true. It's, it's better to trade a player one year too soon than one year too late. Yep. Uh, because if you trade them one year too soon, you're still going to get a good return. Yep. If you trade him one year too late. You ain't going to get shit. <laughs> well, right. My, my boyfriend
1: and I talk about this all the time with, with regards to business leadership. Like, I am, I am, I am really, really good at the first, or I'm, you know, I'm going to work up the ability to be really good at the first three or so years of a business, right? Mm -hmm. And more than likely, I'm not the pick it up, stable leadership it for the next 10 years. Like, I don't think that's my wheelhouse, right? But like, there are so many businesses that fail because they can't let go of their leadership. There are nonprofits that fail because they can't let go of that. Like like you were talking about the the horrible person you worked for before who's very passionate and very good at, like, understands the why very personally, is very, you know, good at getting, you know, the donor money in, but is not very good at being a leader. And. God, don't we fall into these? um, Oh, what are those called? Logical fallacies all the time, right? Passion fallacy will fuck you. Passion fallacy fucks us all real hard at some point in our lives. And I just wish that I could slow everyone down, like like standing in front of a runaway horse. Like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I understand. I understand you're very, very excited about this and very passionate about it. But like, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right way to go?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, and so that's going to do it for today. But speaking of passion, so my mom was looking for, <laughs> a re- recently looked at a recipe and saw that it called for hot honey. So you know what yes. she did?
1: She, she did place an order. And I am, in she, fact, going yeah. to leave and go pack it uh, right now.
0: Yeah, and she is. Yeah, so my mom went to metalhoney.com. So tell <laughs> us what's going on there. Uh, metalhoney.com is where you can find all the hot honey products. If you
1: are local to Indianapolis, um, there's gonna be a really fun and exciting market coming up um a week from or no, it is this Sunday, it's the 30th. Um, but it's gonna be called Ramp Fest. It's at Cancan can Cinema um in Windsor Park. Um, it is going to be funding. It's gonna have uh tons, like all the best, like OG best chefs in Indianapolis doing various ramp dishes. Um Tickets are seventy five dollars. You'll get like to taste everything. I'll be there. Um, there will be a bunch of. I'll be there. I'm making um, ramp compound butter with um, honey drizzled hot honey over top. Um, but it benefits the Greg Hardesty Foundation, um, who was uh, just the fucking best, a real leader in Indianapolis's food community, and that will help put a lot of new chefs through culinary school. So come check it out. Can Can Cinema on set on Sunday.
0: That's two to amazing. Six. Yeah, that's amazing. Everyone go. That sounds awesome. Made me hungry. Tickets,
1: uh, tickets, I think, are at CanCanCinema.com or it's K-A-N-K-A-N.
0: Oh, very good. So CanCanCinema.com. And then also check out MetalHoney.com. Get that sweet, sweet, hot honey.
1: Yes. And where can um, they find you, Matt?
0: You can catch uh, the uh, the podcast um, uh, on Twitter at Perp Stew and on Facebook um, and, uh, again, thank you to all of our new listeners. We're so happy to have you remember to like, subscribe, share, leave a comment, five-star review. Um, but if you just think someone's going to like it, just let them know about the show. Um, and that's the best way to support us. So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, this has been the perpetual stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And until next time, stay curious. Bye.